Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority files a motion to dismiss the lawsuit against them related to the St. Croix Potable Water System. Lawmakers vote on a measure seeking to raise the default minimum child support payment. The Environmental Protection Agency announces another round of funding for the territory, this time to clean up the Tutu well fields on St. Thomas. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. A bill sponsored by Senator Carla Joseph intending to increase the minimum default payment on monthly child support was recently presented to lawmakers. Director within the Department of Justice's Division of Paternity and Child Support, Catherine Jensen DeLugo, indicated her support for the measure. Over the last 15 years, we have seen an increase in failures to appear for hearings and failures to present requested financial information, despite proper and timely service of process, and an increase in parents with a substantial income derived from cash-based operations. If approved, the proposed legislation would increase the default minimum sum of child support from 250 to 350 per month for the first child and from 60 to $75 per month for each additional child. Senators appeared largely in support of the measure, but Senator Samuel Carrion wanted to know what data was driving the position of the Paternity and Child Support Office. What's the percentage of increase you have seen in the last 15 years? How do you measure this? Catherine Jensen DeLugo, 40 director. It's interesting you bring it up, Senator Carrion, because it's something that I discussed earlier. These are just observations that we've made. However, we, have it, we do intend to start actually compiling data for it because it is important. What we know is what we observe on a daily basis when people have been duly served and they just don't show up for their hearing. What we've also observe, observed, observed is that a lot of it is cash-based income. And we do have a large underground economy. We see it every day. Director Jensen DeLugo said the guidelines were last reviewed 16 years ago in 2008, although the Attorney General's office is responsible for reviewing and revising the child support guidelines every four years. Several legislators expressed concern that the current system was creating a loophole for parents who could afford to pay more but chose not to. They maintained that the suggested $100 increase was not enough of an incentive to make non-custodial parents compliant. Senator Alma Francis Heiliger was one such lawmaker to relay that sentiment. I am not really in agreement for this low threshold. If we're going to go in and change the law, let's go for the gusto so they can understand that this is not something you do. Because now if we change it to potentially $1,000, it will force them. And lawmakers did just that with five lawmakers ultimately voting in favor of the measure, with the exception of Senator Milton Potter and Javon James Sr., who stated they wanted data to help drive their support for the measure. Bill sponsor Senator Carla Joseph said the 2023 Kids Count publication was her driving force to help balance the high poverty rates 
found in the study. This is not a major solution to anything, but I'm going to tell you, when I look at this kid's count, and I look at the amount of young people in poverty in the Virgin Islands, me waiting for no study, okay? That's end of story for me. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency recently announced that the Tutu Wellfield in St. Thomas is among the 100 sites across the country getting more than $1 billion for cleanup projects as part of President Joe Biden's Investing in America agenda. Work to expand and enhance the system is estimated to cost $14 million. The Tutu Wellfield site, located in Anna's Retreat on St. Thomas, was used for textile manufacturing and industrial-scale dry cleaning from 1969 to 1978. Industrial waste, including spent dry cleaning waste, drums, and floor drainage discharge, were released from the site and contaminated groundwater with chlorinated volatile organic compounds. The EPA constructed a groundwater treatment facility in 2004 to address the contaminated groundwater. In 2018, the EPA determined that the system needed to be expanded and enhanced. The committed funding will be used to expand that system and include additional wells. EPA Regional Administrator Lisa Garcia said while they have addressed much of the risk posed by Tutu Wellfields, the funding will help to complete the job by addressing more recently discovered contamination that has spread slowly over time. Many commercial businesses, schools, churches, and residential homes remain active within the site area. And as of October of 2022, EPA has collected data on five on-site businesses that reportedly employ up to 21 people and generate an estimated $5.3 million in annual sales revenue. Governor Bryan said the inclusion marks a historic moment for the territory, stating this legislation is a beacon of hope promising to breathe new life into the territory's environmental restoration efforts. Unrelated to the well fields, the EPA will be hosting a town hall tomorrow on Thursday, February 29th on St. John at the Legislature Building in Cruz Bay at 5.30. The Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority has filed a motion to dismiss a class action lawsuit over high levels of lead and copper detected last year in St. Croix's potable water system. While the plaintiffs have filed an amended complaint adding Seven Seas Water Corporation as a defendant. The 48-page amended suit, first filed in the VI Superior Court in November, alleges that WAPA, Seven Seas Water Solutions, and now Seven Seas Water Corporation, the company that makes St. Croix potable water, provided residents with unsafe water, failed to properly monitor the water being provided, and failed to timely warn residents of unsafe water conditions. The 19 plaintiffs named in the suit are being represented by St. Croix attorney Lee Roan who back in November responded to WAPA CEO Andrew Smith's comments that the suit was merely an attempt at a money grab. The, these people are not doing this for, quote, monetary gain. They're doing it so they can get money to have doctors look at their children and try to get the help for their children and, and, and not have to pay for water out of their own pocket and so they can be monitored for medical conditions and, and be compensated for what they're going through. That's not a monetary reward. This is a suffering that they're being compensated for. 
Roan has since said the number of plaintiffs could eventually number in the thousands. Among the complaints are a number of side effects to include skin irritation, headaches, and hair loss, as well as property damage from rust-colored water that has stained clothing and appliances. In the motion to dismiss, General Counsel Dion Sinclair argues that plaintiffs fail to state a claim upon which relief can be granted and cannot support an allegation of negligence, maintaining that the authority quickly alerted customers to the test results, flushed water lines, issued advisories on ways to mitigate possible exposure, and helped establish programs to provide bottled water and filters to affected households, as well as retesting. In the motion to dismiss, counsel for WAPA argues that the plaintiffs repeatedly conflate the presence of discolored water, not necessarily considered harmful by EPA standards, with the presence of lead and copper. Writing in a footnote, they state that the brown water does need to be addressed, even if it is not hazardous. A decision on the motion has not yet been made. I would like to take a brief moment of silence. Um, I was um, informed that former executive director at the Housing Authority, Mr. Robert Graham, passed last evening. So please let's stand and take a brief moment of silence. Senator Marvin Blyding announced the news of Mr. Graham's passing on the floor of the Senate today. In 2008, Robert Graham was appointed by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to lead the Virgin Islands Housing Authority out of federal receivership. He arrived to the territory with decades of experience in public housing management and consulting. Dr. Noreen Michael, Housing Authority's board chair, expressed her sadness to the news of Mr. Graham's passing. I will say that I had the opportunity of working uh, with Edie Graham for uh, just over 10 years uh, in my role on the board. And um, I, so I was really deeply saddened by the news of his passing. Uh, Mr. Graham retired on December 31st, 2023, after devoting the last 15 years and nine months of his life to the people of the territory. He was committed to increasing and improving affordable safe, quality housing options for residents most in need of low-income and affordable housing. Uh, I would also like to say that on behalf of the Virgin Islands Housing Authority's Board of Commissioners, uh, our new executive director, Dwayne Alexander, the members of his executive team, and all the staff at the Virgin Islands Housing Authority uh, I extend heartfelt condolences to his family on the loss of their beloved father and grandfather. Uh, we at VIHA take comfort in knowing that we had an opportunity to get to work with Mr. Graham, to share with him, uh, to laugh with him. His legacy will live on in part through the myriad contributions he made during his tenure as executive director. Our condolences to the family.
while speaking with the Office of Disaster Recovery Director Adrian Williams-Octolin, Commissioner of the Department of Sports, Parks, and Recreation Calvert White provided the status of park projects and initiatives under the department, one in particular, the status of the Vincent Mason Pool in Fredericksted, St. Croix. You know, I, I had a, a groundbreaking uh, ceremony, you know, some time back. Uh, we had some issues when we started digging with the pool, um, but I think now we, 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 we have figured it out um, we, we did award it um, to a new contractor. Um, but I think you're going out, you, you know, I need you to really explain to the public what really transpired because yeah. you, you know that, yes, you had a groundbreaking mm -hmm. and there were some issues that you now had to, to get yeah. the last contractor off yeah. of the job yeah. and put it back out to bid again yeah. and then select a contractor the scoping, identify the work that was done before, what was not done, negotiate with the contractors. It was a lot of work in between so, getting so the irony is, at. the irony is the two projects that I think are my two top kind of had the same issues. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, when the contractor started digging, we realized that the pool sat on piles. Um, if you know anything about Polly Joseph Stadium, we had to put piles under that stadium to stop it from sinking. Same thing with the Vincent Mason pool. The project moved from, I think it was like a $2.3 million project to over $5 million. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, these are federal projects, so you have to get bonding for these projects. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the previous contractor was not able to get the bonding for the new cost estimate. Right. Um, so we did have to go and put it back out for a new company to come in and complete and finish the work. For the full conversation, tune into Recovery and Focus tomorrow at 8 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12 or online on the WTJX Facebook page. The Virgin Islands Montessori School will be hosting this year's Caribbean College Fair tomorrow at its campus for all college-bound students in the St. Thomas-St. John District. Kara Ibekuk, Montessori's Director of College Counseling, says they are hoping to serve as much of the community as possible. This fair has been a planning partnership, um, so VI Montessori School, Peter Gruber International Academy has planned this event in conjunction with the Cedar School over in Tortola and the Hillel Academy in Kingston, Jamaica. So we three college counselors have been working together to plan this event, so our groups of college representatives will start here with our school tomorrow, then they'll travel over to Tortola to host a college fair there, and they will end their tour um, in Jamaica uh, in the coming week. The event is free of charge and will run from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. under the school's solar awnings. She says interested students are free to stop by at any time. We're looking at about 17 schools um, that have confirmed attendance for tomorrow, um, everywhere from UVI here locally to um, colleges and universities abroad. Um, so we're really excited to offer a, a pretty wide variety um, of post-secondary options. The Department of Public Works has increased the fees at the Fort Christian parking lot. The revenue increase will reportedly be reinvested in continued maintenance improvements at the parking lot to include paving, striping, restroom enhancements, as well as staff wages. That's according to a release from the department. The increase will go into effect on March 1st. The first 15 minutes of parking will remain free, and afterwards the price for up to an hour of parking will be $2 and $2 for every additional hour after. The monthly rate will be held at $160. 
The department also shared the event fee spaces for the parking lot, ranging from the perimeter spot of $100, a quarter lot for $300, the half lot for $500, and a full rental for the parking lot of $800. Call the St. Croix office for more information at 340-773-1290. The Virgin Islands Housing Finance Authority is offering an opportunity with support of a $75 million allocation from the CDBG Mitigation Action Plan for local businesses through its commercial hardening and financing and small business mitigation programs. The funding is aimed at helping to reduce the operational disruptions businesses may face due to natural or man-made disasters. $40 million has been dedicated to the commercial hardening and financing program, while $35 million will support the small business mitigation projects. Workshops are being held by the Housing Finance Authority to assist applicants in navigating the application process. On St. Thomas, the workshop will be held on Monday, March 4th at 6 p.m. at UVI's Innovation Center in the Small Business Training Room, on St. John on Tuesday, March 5th at 6 p.m. at the Julia Sprouse Schools Cafeteria, and on St. Croix on Friday, March 8th at 6 p.m. at the Sunny Isle Shopping Center in the Elections Office. For those unable to attend in person, the Housing Finance Authority is offering two virtual town hall meetings. The first will be held this evening at 6 p.m. and again on Wednesday, March 6th. For more assistance, contact Whitney George, Management Assistant, at 340-772-4432, extension 3248, or via email at wgeorge at vihfa.gov. Plans to reimagine the Havenside Mall on St. Thomas are currently underway. That's according to GERS Administrator Angel Dawson when speaking with Leslie Comision, host of the WTGX TV series, Comes with the Territory. While the mall is doing well, we believe that it can do even better. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're in the process of reimagining the mall. Oh, okay. Yes, we've engaged a company by the name of Ideas uh, out of Florida, whose principals are former executives of Disney Corporation. Sure. And we really want to migrate it from just being shopping to being a destination, shopping, retail, dining, entertainment. So we're very much uh, engaged in that presently. Um, we're also going to create a community gathering place. Uh, if you have been to the mall recently, uh, as you drive down what we call Main Mir Street, mm -hmm. which is between buildings one and two as you enter. Yeah, or the Miracle Mile. Mm -hmm. at, at the end of that, there used to be some ugly, nondescript warehouses. Yeah. Well, if you've been there recently, you'll notice that they're gone. <laughs> and while it's uh, presently occupied by construction material, what have you, that is going to transform into a green space. Uh, we're going to, well, I'm calling it for the time being Cold Women's Park. Oh. Because we're going to be paying tribute to the historical figures known as the Cold Women, who played a central role in the shipping industry in the, in, Absolutely. The, in St. Thomas in particular, in the early 1900s, well, late 1800s, early 1900s 19, yeah. as well. So uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, we plan to have a place that local vendors can go and uh, sell their wares because we want to keep more tourists within uh, the mall, as well as uh, locals. We're turning now to our regional report. An offshore oil spill that prompted Trinidad and Tobago to declare a national emergency earlier this month has reached the shores of the Dutch Caribbean island of Bonaire. This is the first sign of how far the leaked oil has traveled. 
Government officials say the oil poses a serious threat to the island and its nature, including its mangroves, fish, and corals. The oil washed up in areas alongside Bonaire's east coast, despite efforts to contain it. Bonaire is more than 500 miles east of Tobago, where the spill occurred. Officials have said they still do not know how much oil has leaked or remains on board. Trinidad and Tobago's Ministry of Energy said that crews completed an investigative hydrographic survey of the wreck to allow officials to create a map of the seabed and other data around the wreck. Officials say crews are continuing its work to contain the oil. We're turning now to our meteorologist for the territory's weather forecast. The remnants of an old frontal boundary continue to wash out to our north and we'll continue to see mostly isolated shower activity here through the next 72 hours. Aside from that, dry, bright, and seasonable temperatures are expected. Rip current risk will be low to moderate, mostly at north-facing beaches here on St. Thomas. Our forecast details for tonight, it'll be a partly cloudy sky. There is just a slight 20 to 25% chance of an isolated shower. Low temperatures drop to 72 to 76. East and northeast winds at 10 to 15. Sunshine, partly sunny at times tomorrow. Again, with a low 30% chance of a passing rain shower. Temperatures in the middle 80s. There may be an isolated shower tomorrow night, mid-70s. Sunshine, partly sunny at times on Friday with isolated showers, 82 to 86. Right now, the weekend outlook includes partly to mostly sunny skies with very isolated showers. For WTJX, I'm Precision Weather Meteorologist Russ Murley. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. 